right, here we go. This is the inaugural podcast <laughs> for the Shays Lounge, and I will admit that I'm two glasses of wine in. How many beers are you in? Uh, a few. A few? I, I'm not sure how many, but not enough 100% that I'm sure. feeling it pretty good. <laughs> this is Cricket. I'm here with Vaughn. Uh, we're married. We are starting a podcast together, and we have no idea what we're doing, so this should be a whole lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, that's true, especially the way the current condition that we're in. Let's see how this goes. <laughs> you may see some dead air. You may see a lot of giggling. You may see a lot of um, tangents and rabbit holes, but we're going to try to have fun for the next little bit, and we're going to see what we can make in this. Tangent holes and getting down rabbit holes is something that we're very good at. That's good. I'm gonna take another. I'm gonna take another drink of my wine real quick. So um, fill up the dead air. <laughs> so what kind of wine is that you're drinking? It's a Riesling. Uh, it's called Relax, and um, we get it at our local Brookshire Brothers. It's good stuff. Um, it's got a nice light flavor. It's, it doesn't have that weird aftertaste that a lot of wines have, and and I don't really like that aftertaste. Yeah, that, that, that's my biggest problem with wines, too, is that I can't really find one. Well, I haven't found many that I like, mm-hmm. uh, but did find a cheap, like $10 bottle of, of Risc- super cheap stuff. Super cheap Riscato. <laughs> Riscato? Riscato. Riscato. And that stuff is actually really good. That's the it's only a, red wine I've tried. Well, it's a super sweet wine, and it I, tastes a lot like grape juice. That I like. Yeah. You know, but that so weird, that weird aftertaste, that weird bite that you get at the end of a wine, you know, it's got to hit just right, or I don't like it. Yeah, I don't want it to taste like, I don't know, I don't like it when it's got the really, really bad aftertaste to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm not sure what that's called. We're we're wine newbies, but uh, we have very plebeian taste. I Maybe I don't twirl it in my glass enough and swish it around in my mouth like you see the people on the shows do. <laughs> So speaking of alcoholic drinks, what is your favorite beer and oh, why? Gosh. Of course, that's an easy one. Was it what is it what is it? Dos Equis, hand down. Absolutely. Uh now granted it was it was Corona for a long time. But you know, Corona's just one of those drinks that's really not all that good unless you have some lime juice with it. hmm I can agree with that. And Dos Equis, you don't need that. It's just it's good, just like they just like they make it. I mean, that's 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 always my go-to. Like if I'm at a restaurant and I was telling, they asked me if I want a beer or anything, I was like, yeah. And they say, all right, well, what, I ask them, what all do you have on tap? And they'll start going through everything they have on tap. And usually, when they get to Dos Equis, I'm like, well, you can stop there. That's what I want. Yeah. Because something about on tap Dos Equis tastes even better than the bottle stuff. It really does. And, and, you know, I didn't like beer until probably, what, the last eight months? Eh, Maybe about the last year. About the last year. Um, I just, I never liked it. And what's weird is you can read things or hear things that will kind of change your perception of food or drink or, you know, anything about yourself. Right. And I read a section in Outlander where it was talking about what beer is supposed to taste like. And she mentioned that it was supposed to be bitter and a little sour. And for some reason that stuck in my brain. And the next time I tried beer, I was like, oh, that's what it's supposed to taste like. Okay, I understand it now. And I actually kind of like this. So a TV show convinced you that you like beer? No, a book. Oh, a book. A book. A book. I'm sorry. I thought it was a movie or a show you were watching. Yeah, it was a book. Now, we figured out what kind of... Um, and that that sound that you hear on the mic right now is uh, Vaughn hitting his vape. Sorry, right, I thought I was far enough <laughs> away. My bad. <laughs> Just want to go ahead and warn you, he's going to be hitting that vape throughout... <laughs> It's not a vape with wacky weed in it or anything. It's just it's just a vape, just a tobacco vape. No, it's not tobacco. What flavor? What it flavor are you vaping? Is, this is my strawberry cookie, like strawberry butter cookie or something. Ooh, that sounds strawberry wonderful. sugar cookie. Strawberry sugar cookie. Well, considering that I'm in the same room with you while you're hitting this vape, it actually smells wonderful. It makes me want cookies. It is good. <laughs> 
You should be aware that when you hit that vape, it changes your voice, though. So try not to hit it too terribly much. I'll try not to. Okay. <laughs> but how can you sit there and tell me not to hit my vape when you keep reaching for a ball of wine? Oh, I'm sure it's making my accent come out all <laughs> big and proper. <laughs> yeah. So, so like, like, well, it, we're talking about beer. I mean, other than wine, I mean, what else do you like to drink? I mean, do you, do you have a beer that you like? I do. I do like Dos Equis. Okay. I really do. Uh, and and to be honest, I've tried some craft beers. I've tried some stouts. I've tried some Guinness, you know, Guinness type stuff. And I don't like beers that are chewy. I just do not like thick beers. Um, I like blonde beers, light beers. Um, I, and I, and I realize that means that my taste in beer is very pedestrian. But I kind of don't care because I know what tastes good to me, and that's what I'm going to continue drinking. Well, that's how I am, too. I like the light beers. I mean, um, like, I've got a friend of mine who I, you know, I admit I'm a 44-year-old guy that plays Xbox all the time. And I play with some buddies that live in South Carolina and one that lives up in in, uh, Pennsylvania. 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 (laughs) That beer's hitting me, too. Pennsylvania. (laughs) And he's always talking about, you know, what different kinds of beers he's drinking. And he is all, he likes the stouts. Yeah, the the real thick beer. Yeah, the dark beer. Yeah, I taste. I, that I have never like yet. Two days later, you can still taste it, and I'm just like, mm, no. Mm-mm. Yeah. But he gets stuff that's like really high alcohol content in his beer. Yeah, the stuff that's really that they'll hit you real yeah. quick. Yeah. So usually every weekend we'll sit in there and play Call of Duty Warzone, and we're all three hammered. We're playing Call of Duty Warzone, and if we do bad, it doesn't matter. If we do good, we're like, ah, you just got killed by a bunch of drunk dudes. <laughs> It's pretty, it's pretty fun. So, well, you know, as somebody who I, I just turned forty this year, and I'm on Facebook all the time, and I'm on Twitter all the time, I am not going to shame you for being on your Xbox all the time because you have your group of friends that's on Xbox, and that's your social group, just like I have my social group on Facebook. You know. Yeah. I mean, these are guys that you hang out with all the time. You know, you know intimate details about each other. You know, probably a lot more about each other than you probably should. Yeah, probably do. <laughs> I mean, I think we've been playing online games together for I'm, ten plus years. I know twelve years at, at least, least 10 twelve, to eleven years. Yeah, because you and I have been married for thirteen, and I know that you met these guys shortly after we got together. Well, it was shortly after I switched over from one sit from, from one PlayStation system, from PlayStation to, to Xbox. Xbox, right? And it was during the first uh, Modern Warfare, I think. Mm-hmm. It was, and I remember I started playing during the first Black Ops. Yeah, and let me give you my history on video games because I grew up playing Mario Brothers, but I grew up in the type of household that would allow you an hour's worth of video games every day, and that's all we got. We had to be outside playing with other kids. We, we didn't grow up with a TV that worked. Um, we, had, we were able to play Mario Brothers 1, 2, and 3. Um, we had a couple of other Nintendo games and things like that, but they're not the type of games that you, when you grind at them, you don't get to save your progress you know, you're starting over from, from the beginning every single time. And then when I was about, you're going to tell everybody about your ratchet and clank, my story. ratchet and clank your story, and clank. Oh, this because is, this is just heartening. it, it, it'll break your heart. Um, so I got ratchet and clank when it first came out. Don't, don't get me to lying about what year it was because I honestly don't know. Um, I was a teenager, late teenager, and I played this game every day. Oh my goodness, so much. I was up to probably level 80 or more. I I don't even remember at this point because it's been so long ago. But I played this game every single day, spent hours playing it. It was the one game that my mother would let me play more than an hour a day. And then the little boy that I used to babysit came in and played his game over it and saved his level three game over my level 80 game. And it broke my heart in such a way that I never, ever went back to video games in the same way until Black Ops came along. And when Black Ops came along, I actually spent some time playing that game and getting good at it. 
Yeah, I, I remember. I mean, we were sitting there. We had our little group of six going on with me, you, and our buddies. And you were probably our best. Um, I was a camper. No, 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 no. We don't use the C word. <laughs> That's a dirty word. We don't say the camper word. Oh, I just said it. Sorry. We don't call it camping. Let's not lie, though. I was you, lying in you wait. You were a very good player at strategic ambushing. <laughs> That's what we call it. Strategic ambushing. And I ambushing. used to lay out in the middle of the map where everybody could see me. like a son of a gun. Hard scoping like a son of a gun. Waiting and I would some poor little butthole to walk across your scope and then you pull the trigger and shoot him. That's exactly right. And that was probably one of the most entertaining moments in my life. <laughs> In my gaming history, and it wasn't even my gaming history, that it was, I believe it was Call of Duty Ghost that we were playing, mm-hmm. or it was either Modern Warfare 3, I don't remember which one. It was on the, it was on the, uh, the containers map. Not shipment. For Not shipment. Not shipment, but it was containers. a containers map. And there was this guy who was on the other side of the map, she's sitting there doing her strate- whole strategic ambush thing, and this guy starts kind of creeping around the corner, and she... Shoots him, pops him in the head, and kills him. And this was a small map, mind you. Right. I was up in a corner sniping across the map. Anyway, she got this guy, and then he tried to sneak up over there again. And he, she probably killed him like two or three times in the same spot. And then he tried to come up to a different direction, and she got him again. And then, again, for those of you that have played these types of games, you know there's one major goal when you get killed by someone that is doing the whole strategic ambushing, that once they get you a couple times, you don't give a crap how many more times they get you. You don't give a crap what the score of the game is. Your one and only goal is to get that sucker out of their spot. Well, that was this guy's goal. And he was very determined. And I know she killed this poor dude at least 12 or 13 times. At least. Trying to get to her. And that was some of the funniest dang things. And what's funny is that sometimes when you kill people, when they're on the other team, their microphone would cut in, like, glitch in. And you Oh, would, that's our dogs you can hear. Apologies. And you would hear them very briefly using very explicit language toward this... <laughs> Strategic ambusher, they kept getting them over and over. And oh my Lord, that was freaking hilarious. He was so angry. And what was even funnier is that if he had just come to the other side of the map and come up behind me and gotten me, he could have gotten me from behind so easily. But he kept choosing to come up in the same spot every single time, trying to snipe me from the other side of the map. And he just couldn't do it because every time I would see a little flicker, a little flicker of movement. I had him in my sights and he was gone. Yep. That was pretty hilarious. It was, it was really, really funny. (laughs) So is that something that you're obsessing over Vaughn right now is, is, is your video games? Is that, is that a good thing? Not video games. It's like, I, I tend to get, like some people play this game for a little bit, this game for a little bit, this game for a little bit. I, I tend to, what's the word I'm looking for? Like hyper focus on one game for mm-hmm. a while. Because mm-hmm. like, oh my gosh, the oh, when some buddies of mine finally got me to start playing Borderlands three. Oh, oh my no, gosh, no, 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 I no, remember. No, I'm, sorry, I'm sorry, Borderlands two. I remember that. That Borderlands two was my life for a while. Yeah, love that game so much. Uh, to the point where I would never see him for hours and hours and sometimes days. He would be off in his game room. We do have a dedicated game room and he would go to his game room and stay there. And I, he wouldn't come out to eat. He was playing Borderlands and that's all he did from, from daylight to dark. I was very excited when Borderlands 3 came out. It was, it was pretty good, but eh. Kind of got a little bored with that one because every time you'd come up with something good to do in the game, the stupid developers would fix it till you couldn't do that anymore. So it made it hardly, hardly worth playing anymore. So I haven't really played that one as much. Right. So it's, and then what was on the last you one? You never games? really got into Halo. No, I've never really played any of the Halo games. Um, 
yeah, all that halo jumping and crap. I never really got into that. Some of my friends did. Uh, Monster Hunter World. That mm-hmm. one took up a lot of my time as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that. That one was a lot of fun. But now it's it's Call of Duty again. And I haven't really been into a Call of Duty much since Ghost came out, which has been a while. But one of my buddies said I play online with it got it. He said it's a good one again. It's worth trying it out. So we tried it out. And we've been playing a lot of that and regular one online and the uh, Warzone. So it's, it's, it keeps us busy. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Get off your phone. I'm texting my boss. I don't care. You're not at work. (laughs) So Vaughn and I are essential workers. Yes. During this coronavirus um, pandemic global thing. So... We've had to deal with the fact that we haven't necessarily wanted to go to work because we're putting our family at risk, but then again, needing to go to work because we very much like to eat. And we like to pay, well, we don't like to pay bills, but we like the ability to pay we, bills. We, we really enjoy that ability to pay bills. So um, we have been... Working this entire time, which honestly is very lucky because the I'm in the retail business and that's kind of a shaky um, platform to be on right now because retail is one of those things that honestly you can live without. And thankfully, my job felt like I was necessary enough to keep me around, which is good. Um, But just out of curiosity, Vaughn, how has it been being an essential worker in your job? Um, as far as dealing with the day-to-day sort of. Well, so really, it, it, coronavirus or not, it hasn't changed really my job at all. I mean, the only thing that has changed at all is that for, you know, because I drive a truck, mm-hmm. uh, they just say, well, if you're out of the truck, you got to have a mask up, face covering on. And you wear a balaclava. I have balaclavas and I have, I have the actual ear loop cover mask that I wear. From a time neck time. gator is what they call it in the South. You have a neck gator. I guess me a neck gator. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, because as far as in like in contact with people, I really, I don't have contact with anybody. Yeah, you can, you can pretty much, because Vaughn works night shift and uh, he can go basically his entire shift without seeing a single person. Well, I see people, but it's through a window when they hand me my paper to tell me where I'm going. So, right. I mean, so now, me, on the other change. hand, I'm in contact with the general public on a daily basis frequently. So we are required to wear gloves and masks at all times. Every two hours, we sanitize all of our touch points, all of our surfaces, our computers that we use. Touch points? Touch points, yes. That's not dirty. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just asking. No. Um, And you got to understand, we've been married for 13 years, but sometimes we don't act like it. I don't know about you. I'm very mature. Yeah, whatever. You look mature, but you don't act it. You know, that's funny because that's kind of like a conversation I was having with a guy at work the other day. That's like, you know, if you're as old as you feel, then I'm busting in the 80s. But if you're as old as you act, twelve. I'm still like an early teenager at best. <laughs> Definitely twelve. <laughs> no, I think I'd be at least thirteen. <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely. I don't act my age. I don't act my age, and I sure don't feel my age. So, <laughs> I guess that's a good thing, though, because it could be a whole lot worse. Because, like you said before, you're you're going to be forty four this year, right? Um, you know, you don't act like a forty four year old. You don't portray yourself months. as a forty four year old. Yeah, just two months. Two months. Crazy, huh? Oof. And I just turned forty. Mm-hmm. Not ashamed of my age. Not even a little bit. I'm proud to have made it this far. There were some years I was actually kind of worried about that. (laughs) I'd say from the time you turn 40, that's when your check engine light comes on. Oh, no, honey. (laughs) 
My check engine lights has been on for a while now. No, yours got even worse. I know, like, right after you turned 40, you were getting sick, and you were... Oh, he had all kinds of crap going on. Headaches, illnesses. You're like, you kept asking me, is this a result of turning 40? I'm like, (laughs) welcome to the club. (laughs) Well, I can tell you this. My... My eyeglass prescription or my contacts prescription has gone from a 1.50 to a 2.0 in a year. So I had my eyes checked in April of last year and I had them checked again in April of this year. And in a year, it went up three clicks is what the what the optometrist told me, which is significant. See, mine, mine didn't change a whole lot. Well, it cracked me up because I went in there and she sat me, she had me take my contacts out and she sat me down behind the, the mask thing thing that they use, the eye thing. And she did some things to it and then told me to look at the, look at the letters that are on the wall and tell me how many that I could read. And I said, well, I can't read any of those. And she said, really? And I said, yeah, I can't read any of those. She said, because that's the prescription that you walked in with. So clearly, <laughs> you're like, quit lying. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not. She said, yeah, absolutely. This is your prescription. She said, so clearly it's changed in a year. So we need to have this. We need to fix this. So that check engine light, baby. Check engine light just came right on, didn't it? <laughs> like I said, my check engine light's been on for so long. I'm surprised the bulb hasn't burned out yet. <laughs> we keep having to kick your tires and make sure they're all right. Yeah. So that brings me to another question. You've got lots of questions. I do have lots of questions and I love it. How old were you when you got your first gray hair? Well, it's been since I've married you. <gasps> no, that's a lie. You no, had gray hair when you, you married real me. real close, every one of them somewhere on there got your name on it. <laughs> or the kids. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, what you guys don't know is that Vaughn had a previous marriage before me. And to be perfectly honest... He had a lot of gray hairs from that marriage. Yeah. So probably, well, I probably got my first gray hair before I was 30. Yeah. Because we've been married for 13 years and you are and you were 30, 30 when we met. Yeah. So yeah, it was before you, when you, it was before you were 30. Ooh. That's a long time ago. I've been with you for that long. Can you believe it? I mean, it doesn't feel that long. Not at all. Not even <laughs> close, right? Um, you sure it's only, it only feels like it's been a year or two, baby. It's so great. I love you. <laughs> I'm going to forgive you because you've had a lot of, a lot of beer tonight. Oh, is that what it is? I'm going to drink some more wine. Mm-hmm. You just drink away. Mm-hmm. Ah, this Riesling is good. It's good stuff. What are you looking at? I was checking for your gray hairs. Oh, no. I started getting gray hairs when I was 39 years old. Uh-huh. Thirty. I managed to make it till I was 39 before I started having gray hair. But the last time, because the way that my hair is cut, it's long on the top and I've got shaved sides. When right before the coronavirus pandemic locked everybody down, I had a haircut. And she had to reshave the sides. And she probably shaved an inch of hair off. I mean, it, it was it was really long at that point. And when it was falling down over my shoulders and I was looking at this hair come off of my head, I was like, oh, my God, look at all that gray. <laughs> it was so crazy. Like you didn't know it was there? I didn't know it was there, but it, it was like I went from not having any gray hair to having so much gray hair the year I turned 39. That's yeah, when I, I really I, noticed I, it. I, I know most of my gray hair is in my beard. Mm-hmm. But you're kind of salt and peppery. Yeah, I mean, I, I know I've got some in my head too, but it's hard to tell because I pretty much keep my head shaved when, when mm-hmm. as much as possible. You want to keep that, you want to maintain that that um, view that people have of you as this crazy wild truck driver. Well, it's like people look I and mean, they'll ask me, so do you shave your head because you're going bald? I'm like, no. No? It just... Because that way I don't have to worry about hair. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, I, and I'm not I'm not trying to down your looks or anything, but you've always had kind of buzzed hair. Yeah. And I've seen it a little bit longer, and it kind of looks funny when it's longer. Yeah. I guess, I don't know if it's because it looks funny or because I'm used to seeing you with, with buzzed hair, but 
Um, but you definitely look better with buzzed hair. Well, it feels better with it cut off. That way I don't have to worry about it. Yeah. And it you feels good right after it's shaved too. Yeah. It is fun to kind of run my hand over your head when it's when it's shaved and feel how smooth it is. But like a day later, it's like sandpaper. <laughs> All right, so I was curious about your job. Um, you, now, you've told me this before, but I, I kind of want you to tell our listeners a little bit. Your job has a lot of alone time. You're a truck driver. You work second shift. You work from uh, 5.45 p.m. to 5.45 a.m. Um, right. How do you deal with being alone? What do you do? Um, do you talk to somebody? Do you listen to the radio a lot? Do you listen to podcasts? What do you do? Well, yeah, I'll listen to the radio I mean, I listen to the radio, but there's a, another guy that started over there about the same time I did, and we pretty much talk on the phone most of the night just to keep each other awake, because if not, it gets really boring. <laughs> um, now, granted, there's times we're heading out to places that, you know, you don't have signal, mm-hmm. and at that point in time, you're either staring off into the void or you're listening to the radio, trying mm-hmm. to do something to keep yourself awake. Because even no matter how long you've been on night shift, it gets pretty tiring pretty quick. But um, but luckily, it's not like uh, the guys that are out in OTR. And explain know, what OTR well, is. OTR is the over-the-road guys that are out. You know, They leave home and they might be gone for a week, two weeks, three weeks, four weeks, something like that before they come and, back home again. And you've done this before. And I've done that. And <laughs> hope I never go back to it. But at least on this now, like, when I leave to go out on one of my loads, the furthest load that we have that we run is about 40 miles away. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I've never even had a full hour I have to drive before I'm out of the truck and doing something. Right. So, it's really not all that bad. Because even if you you don't have signal, you don't have anybody to talk to, you just got to make it for less than an hour, and then you're out of the truck, moving around, doing stuff, and then you go back and do it all over again. But it's really not that bad. And when you were OTR, you could legitimately be in a truck for 10 hours a day driving. 11. 11 hours a day driving. And there's many days I've pushed it right up to that 11 o'clock hour. Oh, I can remember one day when uh, you went more than that, uh, but we're not going to talk about yeah. that. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, um, you know, so, so this is actually a better, a better deal for you, a better job for you than the OTR type stuff that was, I mean, you're home every night. Yeah. Cause having to bust out 600 miles a day or more before was not fun. Right. And also you were a flatbed driver before yes. and you, so you were, pardon the lingo, you were slinging tarps. Explain slinging to, tarps, explain to people what slinging tarps are. Explain to people Everybody what that has is. Seen a flatbed truck driving down the road with a tarp over the stuff. It just sucks when it's a hundred degrees outside and you're having to throw tarps and all that kind of crap. Like when I was down in Laredo, and I had to tarp a load four times because these idiots kept loading too much stuff on the trailer, and they waited till after I got it secured and after I got it tarped to come up and say, "Oh, by the way, we need to take stuff off." So it was taking everything off. And then they went back and said, all right, you're good to go. So I re-secure it, re-tarp it. Oh, we got to take off more. And at that point, I told them I was blocking their driveway where other trucks couldn't get in. And I told them I was not touching a single thing on that trailer, security or nothing. until they finally got a supervisor out there to take pictures and verify that it was right. Because if I secured it and tarped it again, if it had too much crap on there, I don't give a damn. They were giving it away for free because I was not taking, I was not doing it again. <laughs> I remember that phone call that you had with me. <laughs> yeah, I was. You were pretty hot. Yeah, that was, that, there was a lot of explicit language in that one. Because I was <laughs> very upset. I mean, I almost passed out about three times on my trailer trying to do that crap. That I actually fun. remember you calling me and telling me that you almost passed out. And, you know, that worried me because we're in deep East Texas. We're kind of in the Houston area. And you were in Laredo, which is, what, five hours away from Houston? About that, yeah. And so there was no way I could get there to you. There's no way you could get home. It was 115 degrees outside, or it felt like it. High humidity, 
Um, and, and look, you know, I love you, but you don't eat right. <laughs> and so you had that going for you. Find a truck driver that drives out there that does eat right. We eat what you we're eat, able to. You eat what you're able to. It, exactly. And, and that sometimes that's a beef jerky stick from a truck stop because that's all you can get. Now, granted, I, I will give credit, though. There are some truck stops that have tried to, the ones that didn't have restaurants in them especially, mm-hmm. would try to have more healthier stuff for truck drivers to to choose from, mm-hmm. like salads and different stuff like that that wasn't just, hey, give me that hunk of chicken or that piece of pizza and let me go. Right, you know, right. Because like I say, it, it is very difficult to try to eat healthy when you're out on the road because it's not like you can... You can't take food take with you. Take a whole lot of food with you. I mean, you can get a little refrigerator in your truck, but that's not going to hold so much. Right. And you only have so much room in that trailer because you have to have all your, or your truck. I mean, because you got to have all your other stuff in there too. Right. I mean, yeah, you live in that thing, but... Now, there are some people who have camper beds on their trucks, but those are specialized trucks and not what you were driving. Is that correct? Yeah, I just had a sleeper cab. Okay, and a sleeper cab is different than a camper cab because a camper cab has more room in it. Yeah, some of those. Like, I have seen a truck that actually had a freaking washer and dryer in it, like yeah. an apartment size one. Mm-hmm. I mean, that dude never had to leave his stuff because he was set up with everything. I, I actually heard of a guy who um, gave up having a shower in his vehicle because he wanted the washer and dryer. He said, I can shower at a truck stop, but I, I can't get a washer and dryer at a truck stop. So <laughs> talking about washer and then taking a shower at a truck stop. A guy at work the other day asked me if I ever had to take a shower at a truck stop. And I was like, yeah, I did that all the time. And they're like, how freaking gross was that? I'm like, you'd be surprised. Because, like, you know, you have your main places that people go to, your pilots, your loves, your flying J's. The uh, big names. The big, bigger name ones. Uh, you go in there, I mean, whenever someone's out, they go in there, they thoroughly clean that shower. They thoroughly clean everything in that room, sanitize it and everything before they allow anybody else to go in. <laughs> it, it, it's probably cleaner than any shower you have at your house. Because mm-hmm. it gets clean. Every single time it's used, it gets clean and sanitized. Now, so it's not bad at all. I've never been in the shower of a pilot or a flying J, but I have been in the bathroom slash shower section of a little shop or of a little uh, truck stop called Woody's in Centerville, Texas. Yeah. And it was so clean, you could practically eat off the floor. I mean, it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Woody's is a good place, too. But so it, if you it, guys are ever going through Centerville, Texas, definitely stop at Woody's. They have one on both sides of 45. Yeah. <laughs> and both of them are always chock full of people. Yeah. And, and they have the coolest stuff. They have like uh, canned goods that, you know, hand canned goods. Jar. Stuff. Jar. Yeah. Jar stuff like, like your mama used to make kind of stuff. And probably a hundred different types of beef jerky. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, and then the regular, you know, truck stop stuff like uh, soft drinks and candy and, you know, popcorn and things like that. But then they also have things that were handmade by someone specifically oh, for Woody's. the fudge we used to get from there. Oh, the fudge was amazing. And and so many different flavors. Yeah. You, you, they had that's Reese's. one of those places that when you go in, you need to sit down in your car before you go inside and you need to budget. <laughs> You need to say, when I go in here, I'm not spending over $40 no matter what. Because if you don't and you go in there, you're you, just, you're, you're going gonna to spend gonna 150 bucks. Sensory overload. Yes. With everything that's available in this wonderful establishment. And you're going to end up spending way much more money than what you really can afford to spend at that time. They had a meat and cheese counter in this place. Fresh meat, fresh sliced meat, fresh sliced cheese. They had venison. They had bison products. Yep. It was it was the most amazing thing. You walk in there and it's just like, ah. It's like the clouds parted. And like the angels started singing. It was crazy. Words. Yeah. And I remember our daughter, uh, when we were going through there, she always wanted to stop at the rock place. The because place they, made with rocks. The place made with rocks. Because the outside facade had rocks on it. It wasn't brick. It was rocks. Yep, they love that store. 
chocolate covered almonds. Oh, We're gonna have to go back good. to Centerville just to go by that place. Yeah, I'm getting hungry now. <laughs> and that all says, "Hey, now I'm hungry again. I want to go." Like, how far is Centerville from here? Hmm. Hadn't been that long since you ate. We didn't five we... or six hours. Shoot. Since uh, Centerville is probably about that far. But Centerville is like an hour and a half. But just still, it, it's worth the drive. Absolutely. Hey, I know we need to make plans to go see some friends in Waco and then just stop at Centerville on the way. I'm good with that. It'll be a little bit of a detour, but it'll be okay. <laughs> it'll be worth it. You know, because we take 45 straight up to Dallas. Yeah. Right you know, one of my friends lives in Sherman, Texas. We could just go up there and see him and we could go through Centerville on the way. Hit 45, go straight through. Oh, yeah. Stop at Woody's. It's well, a you have to tell your buddy, that your friend that lives up there, that we can't afford to spend any money once we get there because it's all going to be spent at Woody's. Well, you know what, what's so like, amazing? Here's the credit card, baby. We're yeah. going to Woody's. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so I have a couple of other questions for you. More rabbit holes and tangents. Let's go. What is your favorite episode of The Office? Oh, my gosh. I know, right? Nine seasons. How could you pick? My favorite episode of The Office. I can tell you what my favorite cold open and what my favorite episode is. Because they're two different things. My favorite cold open was Asian Gym. Yes, Asian Gym. That was absolutely 100%. hilarious. And my second favorite cold open was the parkour episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. The parkour was great. <laughs> favorite episode. Well, well, let me think about that for a second and you tell me what is your favorite episode while I'm thinking about it. Drug awareness. When Jim got jinxed by Pam and couldn't speak for the entire episode. Yes. That was great. And had real tears did not see that coming. coming. Yes. That is by far my favorite episode because Jim got one over on Pam and that doesn't happen very often. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've been listening to the Office Ladies podcast, and they're not paying me to say this because, you know, we're kind of an unknown podcast, and why would they pay us to say this? But if you get a chance to listen to the Office Ladies podcast, listen to it because they go in in depth into each episode. They tell you behind the scenes. They tell you little tidbits that you need to know. I just figured out my favorite episode. What's your favorite episode? Conflict Resolution. Yes! I when put nickels talking, in. I, I, I hit my, all the stuff that Jim did to Dwight was that was great. That was probably one of my favorite. Episodes. I hit myself in the in yeah, the head with the phone today. I think Jim, I think Jim had ball. something to do with it. <laughs> I just put more and more nickels into his headset until he got used to the weight, and then one day I just took them all out. Conflict resolution was a great episode. Another great episode toward the end of the series was Dwight's wedding. With Angela, oh, and when Michael when Scott Michael came back, back. Up, yes, yeah, that was that was I cried. There's a couple of episodes that have made me cry. Jim and Pam's wedding, I cry every time. I don't care how many times I've watched it. When he is, when they are on the boat, on the boat, and yes. he looks at the camera, and you could just see on his face, this is the perfect moment for them. And she's got his head, her head on his shoulder, shoulder. and her hair uh, like I'm tearing up right now. Falls, yeah. Yeah, I'm 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 tearing up right now just thinking about it. And then when Michael shows up at Dwight's wedding and says, "That's what she said," and I thought Dwight was going to cry, and I thought Jim was going to cry, and I cried, <laughs> and it was beautiful. I mean, that was, wasn't that the same episode where they? Oh yeah, they took him out and gave him gave him like an RPG, and he got to blow up something. With yes. An RPG. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and when is that one where they kidnap Angela? In a yes, trunk? they kidnap Angela, <laughs> and she cussed. She cussed at Moe's. Yes. What the f is wrong with you? Yep. <laughs> she come busting up out of that trunk, swinging. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was great. Oh my goodness. That was that. Yeah, I mean, like I say, it's hard to to decide a favorite episode of that show. Each episode has its own redeeming qualities because each episode was good in its own way. Yeah. But just seeing the back and forth between Jim and Dwight and the crap that they pulled on each other 
And when Dwight finally got his revenge with the snowmen. The snowman episode was fantastic uh, because the entire time Jim kept trying to get one over on, on Dwight and couldn't do it because things kept going wrong for him. Yeah. And people kept getting upset at Jim for trying to get back at Dwight. And then at the end of the episode, he's got, you know, 30 snowmen in this parking lot. And Jim freaks out. And he tells Pam to run for the car and he starts beating <laughs> him up. And then all of a sudden you just see Dwight just looming in the shadows on top of the building staring at him. And the way you're pronouncing Dwight cracks me up because that's the way that John Krasinski pronounces Dwight. Not Dwight, but D-White. Dwight. Dwight. Exactly. It's Dwight. Dwight. You're pronouncing it with two syllables. I know the you wicked. don't... I know you... <laughs> Threat Level Midnight. <laughs> we just, just got watch through that watching episode. that episode, Threat Level Midnight. It was so great. Oh my goodness. But there's so much good stuff about The Office. That's one of those shows that we can just have on a constant repeat in the background. And it just makes you feel good about your day. Oh my goodness. Yeah, because you can think no matter how bad stuff gets, surely you're not doing as bad as Michael Scott. And, you know, I always liked the episodes. I mean, Michael Scott, Michael Scott Scar. was, yeah, <laughs> Michael Scarn. Michael Scott was an F up. He really was. He was not good at being a boss, but he was such a good salesman. And getting to see these little moments of brilliance throughout the episodes of him being such a good salesperson. Um, in episode, in, in season, was it season one? or I can't remember if it was season one or season two, the client when they took him out to Chili's and it took Michael the entire episode to finally come back around to selling this guy paper. But he had spent the entire episode building a rapport with this man and getting this man to trust him and coming from the background that I have of sales. That's exactly what you want to do. Yeah. You want these people to trust you. Because you if they want, don't because they look at you at one second as a sleazy salesman. They're done. They're done. It doesn't matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, they're not going to want to buy anything from you because they look at you as the whole sleazy salesman. They need to trust you as a person. Right. And Michael was good at getting people to trust him. Even these people that he tormented on a day-to-day basis, by the time he finally left and went to Colorado with Holly, Jim cried. You're the best boss I ever had. Yeah. Because it was true. Yeah. It was true. Oh, and the song that they sang him. Did you? Okay, so. About watching Die Hard 80,000 times or something. Fun fact. The actor Steve Carell. Steve Carell did not know they were going to sing, sing him that, that song. song. Right? Yeah. Yes. And they started singing that. And he said, oh, something's happening. That was Steve Carell saying that. That was not Michael Scott. Yeah. And him crying during that song, that was Steve Carell crying. Yeah. And when you see Jim and Michael in the office and they're saying goodbye to each other, that was not Jim and Michael saying goodbye. That was... John Krasinski and Steve Carell saying goodbye to one another. Yeah. And it was just, that's another moment that makes me cry. Every time I watch it, it doesn't matter how many times I watch it, I'm going to cry. And what amazes me, because it's like, you know, like when they first started filming this show, and it's just like any other show, when you first start filming it, you have no idea if it's going to make sense, if people are going to watch it. I mean... Because you got to think the actors were probably like, wait a minute, this is going to be a show that's going to look like it's a documentary about people that sell paper? <laughs> right. Really? Right. And y'all think people are going to watch this crap? And then it just kept kind of kept going on for after season, after season, after season. And you know, they had to just be dumbfounded amazed. and amazed yeah. that people would want to watch something like that. But it just tells you how good some of these people are in these roles. Cause like, I know one thing that we talk about a lot was the communication between Jim and Pam when they never said a word. 
in the episode with the drug with the drug enforcement episode when Jim was not able to speak. They were vibing. They were doing everything they needed to do. And yet Pam was able to speak to Jim. But he said everything through his face and through his eyes. And, you know, that, that part in there where she looks at him and she says, you could tell me anything. And then you can see it on his face that, no, he can't. <laughs> because she's still with Roy at that point. Yeah. And then she realizes from seeing his face that she just got a little bit too real. Yeah. I, kudos to those guys for being able to portray all of this through without saying a word. And, you know, John Krasinski went on to make an entire movie about that. Two, two movies, in fact, yeah. about that. Um, what was that called? The Quiet Place? The Quiet Place and The Quiet Place 2. I mean, what better actor? I mean, because he was able to, like I said, he was able to portray so much without ever saying a word. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He spent nine years in a role where he would look at the camera and give the camera a little quirk of his eye, and you knew exactly what he was thinking. Oh, and you know, they're like, you're talking about the episodes, too? Is the ones where he got the help of the production crew to make the video for Pam. Oh, yeah, I cried there, too. <laughs> when he finally gave her the teapot note. Yeah. And to this day, Jenna Fisher has, has not said, she has that note. And she has not said what's in it. She said it was a note from John to Jenna. Yeah. But she will not say what's in it. And I was listening to that podcast and I started tearing up listening to her talk about it because it meant so much to her. Yeah. And she was able to portray that to me. And I was just like, oh my gosh. (laughs) Like I'm tearing up now. Can you hear it? (laughs) Yeah. Oh, and, and another one of my favorite ones too is whenever, right after she had their baby. And they were in the hospital when she was having trouble breastfeeding. And, and the they doctor, got the wrong baby? No, no, no. The doctor came in and was helping her breastfeeding. Oh. <laughs> and that was, that was like her real husband, right? That was her real life husband. That real was life a lactation husband that came specialist. came in was a lactation yeah. specialist. And he just, when he reached in and grabbed her and started helping her, and the way Jim looked over there, he's like, man, just reaching right in there. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> he looked like, it, I mean, he, he, he portrayed the jealousy so well it was great I, I thought that was one of my favorite that was probably one of my favorite moments too. one thing that i always appreciated about jim is that he got jealous of pam so quickly but he had no mechanism to deal with it yeah he had no idea how to deal with being jealous well like when they weren't together before they were together they couldn't really be together but every time one would see the other one with somebody you could tell it bothered them oh yeah Oh, yeah. And it bothered Pam when Jim was with um, uh, Amy Adams. I can't remember her character Karen. name. Not Well, he, when, when he was with Karen, but also when he was with the cheerleader. Remember the redhead? The, oh, purse, the, the purse that, girl? The purse girl. Yeah. That sold the white the purse. Yeah. It really bothered Pam. Yep. But anyway, okay, so we have come to the end of this episode. Oh, wow. As yeah. we're talking about The Office. Um, how should we end it? Oh gosh, who knows? I mean, this is kind of what our podcast is going to be about. This is a no, married no, no, couple. Not always going to be about the not office. about the office. I'm talking about. We have gone everywhere from coronavirus to the office and everything in between. This is two people who have been married for a while, sitting down. And talking about stuff, because this is what we do every weekend, and we decided to make a podcast of it. Yeah. And I think it's going to be interesting. And I really want you guys to give us some feedback. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. Reach out to us on social media. We're at The Shays Lounge at Instagram. The Shays Lounge on Twitter. And Shay is spelled S-H-E-A. Like the stadium. Like the the stadium or the butter. So it's the Shays with an S Lounge, L O U N G E. Forget how to spell there for a second. I've had a lot of wine tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so hit us up on any of our social media. We're going to be joining Facebook sh- uh, shortly. Um, I'm at Cricket Shay. Or on- is there anything that you would like us to sit and 
discuss. discuss. Yeah, absolutely. Shoot, we're trying not to talk like that. But. We, we're trying to keep this a, a PG-13 uh, podcast. Hey, we are going to be PG-13 movies, they get one F-bomb. They get one F-bomb, that's right. One titty and one F-bomb. <laughs> so uh, we are going to have guests on our future episodes. Um, we've got some lined up. You're going to love them. Some of them are political. Some of them are not. Some of them are just crazy people that we know and have decided to invite on some of them are going to be agreed to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And some of them are going to be frequent repeat guests. Um, So just let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. And we will definitely take it into consideration because we want this to be the best podcast ever. Well, it's best that we can possibly make it. And the way best way to make it is to have people that actually like listening to it, who would want to come back and listen to it again. So that's why we are, all completely open for suggestions. Uh, you have anything, like I said, you, anything you'd like for us to speak about, talk about. One thing you got to know about Vaughn, he was a minor league pitcher. For a short time. If you want to know anything about baseball, Vaughn's your guy. Talk to him about Not it. Not anything. <laughs> Most things. <laughs> I know a lot about the sport. He's a little snobby about it, so... If you if you hit us up on hit us up on our social media about it, let us know what you need to know. We like wrestling. We like baseball. He makes fun of the way that I call baseball games. And that'll be for a whole another episode. That's a whole other episode. Time to get in that now. <laughs> but just we're being out on the road during the playoffs, and she's telling me the game over the phone. And okay. Just, I got we'll, we'll I got better later. by the time the playoffs got there. We got she got better, but it was it was a little touch and go there for a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so hit us up. Let us know what you like. Let us know what you don't like. We love you, and we'll see you. Well, we won't see you again, but you'll be hearing from us again soon. Bye. Bye.